Good morning world. Welcome to Daily Musings with your host JP Hummingbird. Back from a sabbatical, a podcasting sabbatical. Not intentionally, just uh, lost lost the ability to, to voice things for a while. Or maybe just the willingness, I don't know. Uh, interesting to think about but yeah recent hmm, it's like an invisible barrier at the minute and I can't something that just keeps it's like my <laughs> I'm obsessed with this word at the minute prefrontal cortex it's like it keeps shutting everything down or Yeah, it just keeps shutting things down. Like, I don't, when I was, there's a time when I could just sort of express myself freely. And uh, you always feel like you're going to get better and better at it. And then there's just things that happen, or I don't know, I just feel like now, like I draw, like I'm looking, and then there's blankness. And uh, it's been happening for a while. I'm not sure what's doing it. Or maybe I was, but now I'm not so sure. But, uh, yeah, yesterday I was exchanging a lot of messages with friends far and wide and, and, uh, and just listening to their responses, really interesting thoughts and insights it, I just realised oh, it's super important to just keep trying to express keep trying to uh, express what's going on and yeah and that might be extremely narcissistic in one sense <laughs> like like this intro now it's just it's just me talking about me. But then, you know, what else can I talk about? Like, I don't listen to the news. I don't watch TV. Uh, I don't, uh, <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on in the world. Uh, it, or I just hear bits. All I can sort of, and even then it's like what, it's always your perception of it all. Wow. <laughs> what a convoluted start. But I think it's important that I just work through this stuff. Uh, yeah, so, I was chatting to a friend who's back in India and I just uh, forgot, like, India is just this magical place that I just really want to go back to again and again. Uh, and just the thought of it makes me smile. It's, uh, and I, 
right now there's like images of cliffs of valleys and rivers and eagles soaring high up above I remember once I was riding up uh, following the Ganga up into the Himalayas and had a friend on the back of the scooter and we were just and you sort of really close to the edge and then this this eagle swooped by but it, because we were up high it was so close and just the image of that and that feeling of freedom you know this was a scooter I'd just rented off someone for like like two pounds a day three pounds a day and just no no I didn't have to sign anything didn't have to Give it, you know what I mean? It was just, just that idea of freedom and then just like, let's go, let's go, let's go and visit somewhere. And, uh, yeah, man, beautiful feeling. And I imagine it's not the same for everyone. But I associate India with freedom and, and sort of, uh, exp- yeah, ability to express yourself, not just, talking to people but just physically you can just wear what you want Uh, the culture of sitting in cafes drinking tea it's just a beautiful thing or coffee or whatever and just chatting about interesting things consciousness uh, chatting about emotions and yeah, and meeting people who are, I guess I've always cut, it's kind of like the black sheep club, if you're that, if you're that black sheep in your environment, then you go to India and then you meet all the other black sheep who have turned up to just get away from everything and I guess when you think of India, or old India anyway, it's just far removed from culturally it's far removed from anything you've you've been uh, I mean certainly England just the colours like for me like it's it's very overcast today and uh, there's a greyness that sort of I find it hard to describe it as beautiful I mean, you could argue that it's just, there's just something about it. I don't know if it's attached to a feeling, an emotion. If I think back now, I'm thinking of my bedroom growing up and just uh, condensation and like, it's weird that. I can also see a towering tree like moving in the wind which is like that's one thing I love about where I grew up the trees are amazing just beautiful trees I always when I go back to Warwickshire and I see the trees I just recognise them straight away and there's something distinct about them different from any other trees in any other region uh But yeah, back to where 
so just that yeah color like india is technical you know if 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 england is sort of i mean f- at this moment now it's kind of monochrome just the grayness sucks the the color out of it sucks the vibrancy out of the colors i don't know how or i don't know if it's just a state of mind but maybe if i was uh, yeah i wonder what van gogh would be able to see or even uh, or even who's the famous colorist i always this always happens david hockney i wonder what he would see with his eyes those sort of genius level painters who who can just what can they see they can probably see a lot more than me but yeah and uh yeah, I'm always curious how things tied together and this idea of color and then I I picked out a random penguin modern in these little books and it's a author called John Burgo I I know nothing about and uh and it's just the red tender of Bologna there's like a there's a bit where he just talks about the color red and uh Let's try and uh, let's read something. So he's linking sort of Morandi, this painter, and his uncle, who sounds like an absolute geezer. Like his uncle's this interesting character. He sparked his... uh, I should begin with how I loved him. In what manner, to what degree, with what kind of incomprehension. Edgar was my father's eldest brother, born in the 80s, the 19th century, at a time when Queen Victoria became Empress of India. When first he came to live with us, I was about 10 years old and he was in his mid-50s, yet I thought of him as ageless, not unchanging, certainly not immortal, but ageless, because unanchored in any period, past or future. And so as a kid, I could love him as an equal, which I did. He just talks about this, this... his uncle who was just free, who followed his sort of intellectual pursuits and, and followed his in, his curiosity. And uh, yeah, I find that quite inspiring. And uh, he's, <laughs> he's a very quiet man, Mirandi, my uncle told me on his return. What do you mean? He's dead. He died last year. I know. 
I only saw his pictures of pots and shells and flowers. Very careful and very quiet. Could have been an architect too, wouldn't you say? Yes, an architect. Or a tailor. Yes, a tailor. Did you like the city? It's red. I've never seen a red like Bologna's. Ah, if we knew the secret of that red. It's a city to return to. La prossima volta. When you, when you, I remember when I first landed in India and just the vibrancy of the colours were just very, uh, I don't know, don't know how to describe it, but I'd like to see it again. Not sure, not sure when or how or read this poem that I read the other day. It was quite... I, I subscribed to the London Review of Books. It's a great read. So well written, uh, the articles. And it helps my... I really... I don't know. Whatever. So this one's called Magpie by Maureen N. McLean. <clears throat> the magpie came back to the courtyard... And it's deep chill. The magpie was a jay, was a jackdaw, was a bird in Germany, if not a German bird. Whither the Carolinian, the Carolingians, and their monks, whose recipes called for cinnamon from the Far East. You say cinnamon, I say cassia. But we've never been, we've never, between us, tasted the famously fragrant spice cinnamon, zeylansian, nor the aromatic bark kifar which according to the eminent medical scholar Ibn Salimun, more than a thousand years ago, smells something like saffron and something like water lilies. India is too fixed in our minds and China. But who are we? If 23 and me tells me I'm XYZ, I will tell you. Will I tell you? Will you believe me? Or 23 and me? Have you trademarked your haploid potential? I never felt so alive as when afraid or when terrified of a bad alive. And that good was some music, some sex and some good kind, the good alive. More kind than kith than kin. One sense is the return of Lyson undead and his autocratic cardinals cope. One sense is the vibrations of the problem of many converted to sociology and technocratic policy. Soon to be swept away by the coming community or no. I'm as surprised as you to be writing on politics. Who's not? What's not politics? Is not the social I sang to Hannah. A little bird flying austerely in my mind's cage. Well, that was terribly read. Sorry. <laughs> the little bird flying austerely in my mind's cage. Uh, I like that. And... Uh, I know, I came up with a little little ditty the other day. And maybe that's what sparked it. 
was like three little birds, three little birds chirping. It's the first time I've come up with a little melody for a long time, and I'm, it fills me with optimism. I'll have to finish it at some point. Three little birds, three little sit still. Everything's <laughs> everything's alright. If you could just sit still. Oh the sisters of mercy they are not departed or gone. They were waiting for me when I thought that I just can't go on Gave me their comfort and later brought me this song Well I hope you run into them you who've been traveling so long family soon moves round to your soul I've been where you're hanging and I think I can see how you're pinned when you're not feeling holy your loneliness tells you you've sinned to them well, They touched both my eyes and I touched the dew of their hem And if life is a leaf 
that the seasons tear off and condemn. Well, they will bind you with love that is graceful and green as a stem. by the moon And you won't make me jealous if I hear that they've sweetened your night We weren't lovers like that and besides it would still be alright We weren't lovers like that and besides still be all right <laughs> thank you Leonard oh thank you oh a little music room to try and get me to play more. A little spare room. And uh, yeah, so far so good. Oh, this morning I was reading about, I don't know if I mentioned it before, probably. There's this guy, Gabor Mate, he's like a Canadian Hunger well Hungro Hungo Canadian Hungarian Canadian I don't know brilliant sort of clinician in terms of psychiatry uh, pathology of diseases and things linking it to sort of the mental aspects We're trying to bridge that mind body divide that the world of medicine imposes on this delicate biosystem, you know, uh, delicate and robust. So I've read, I read his book called, uh, I read his book on addiction. It was fascinating and it, and it really opened my eyes to like how addiction works and, and how the brain is wired and it's opened my eyes to a lot of things, you know. Which led to me, re I read his book, Scattered Minds as well, which is it's about ADHD and how that, how, you know, it's, a lot of that is formed from a, a attachment issues from, can be formed in early childhood, you know, from, from the womb or, or upwards and can create conditions perfect for these sort of things to arise and then and then obviously modern sort of life with its like yeah modern life is like 
modern directors, you know, just constant, what's the word? Transitions, boom, 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 next, next scene, next scene, da, da, da. Everything's like, it's hyper, isn't it? Sort of like YouTube where you just boom, 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 next thing, next context, boom, something totally different, da, and like, And that, uh, yeah, and then so, so today I was reading about this, this book called When the Body Says No, and it's starting to talk about how you know how stress works and, and emotional uh, cognizance, not cognizance, what's the word? Uh, how to, yeah, stress is that. talking about emotional competence is the key to unlocking stress you know and then the three types of emotion so type three is the subjective experience so when you experience joy or fear and you can you can you really you feel the bodily sensations and then type two emotion is where you, you're not aware of it, but people around you can see it in you. And then type one is the one where you're not aware of it and people are not aware of it around you. And that's that silent killer man. And it's, yeah, something I've been thinking about a lot, just how to tackle sort of that pernicious type of anxiety, the one that's like hidden. And it makes sense that it starts with suppressing your emotions, suppressing how you're feeling. And for someone who did that for most of his life, yeah, makes perfect sense. And which is why, I guess, at the start of this podcast, I was trying to break through, because it's super important to to express how you're feeling and what's going on. Uh, yeah interesting how these things sort of and when you've got a scattered mind like (laughs) I have it's hard to just have these little breakthroughs and then to hold on to them is really difficult finding ways to practice day in day out So let me read you a passage. Emotional competence requires the capacity to feel our emotions so that we are aware when we are experiencing stress. The ability to express our emotions effectively and thereby to assert our needs and to maintain the integrity of our emotional boundaries. God, that's something I've been working on all year. It's been really difficult from a sort of masking, from someone who just doesn't, who just suppresses and masks everything to just trying to open it and be, be assertive. It's, yeah, it's not an easy process. The facility to distinguish between psychological reactions that are pertinent to the present situation and those that represent residue from the past. Yeah, what's actually happening? 
this is an unpleasant sensation when when you're on the receiving end of it from someone who's and when you're and if you're in that if you're doing it as well you're mixing up you're mixing the past the future and and there's and you're creating threats where there are none and oh, that's that's probably the number one cause of disruption the world over what we want and demand from the world needs to conform to our present needs not to unconscious unsatisfied needs from childhood if distinctions between past and present blur we will perceive loss or the threat of loss where none exists and the awareness of those genuine needs that do require satisfaction rather than their repression for the sake of gaining the acceptance or approval of others yeah the path I'm on it's taken so long to to get to this point it's insane emotional competence is what we need to develop if we are to protect ourselves from the hidden stresses that create a risk to health and if it is what we need to regain it is, and it, it is what we need to regain if we are to heal we need to foster emotional competence in our children as the best preventative medicine yeah, man, I love that idea of preventative. It's so important. And uh, I think emotional awareness, would, it's just massive. Yeah. But, ah, no, but I just I guess it's not easy, is it? It's going to take a long time, mate. It takes such a long time for the individual to do it and for society to do it, it's going to take. But yeah, it's got to be done. Uh, well, I've been going for about half an hour, so maybe for my first foray back, let's try and find a song to sing. Nothing's springing up in my mind at the minute. Should I do another cut? I'm so lusty, I can't remember any of my iron songs.
Four in the morning, the end of December Writing you now, just to see if you're better New York is cold, but I like where I'm living There's music in Clinton Street all through the evening I hear that you're building your little house deep in the desert You're living for nothing now I hope you're keeping some kind of record Yes, and Jane came by with the lock of your hair She said that you gave it to her the night that you plan to go clear Did you ever go clear? Oh, the last time we saw you You looked so much older Your famous blue raincoat was torn at the shoulder You'd been to the station to meet every train you came home without Lily Marlene And you treated my woman To a flake of your life And when she came back She was nobody's wife Well, I see you there with the rose in your teeth One more thin gypsy thief Well I see Jane's awake As she sends her regard What can I tell you, my brother, my killer what can I possibly say? I guess that I miss you I guess I forgive you I'm glad you stood in my way If you ever come by For Jane or for me Your enemy is sleeping Woman is free, yes, and thanks for the trouble you took from her eyes. I thought it was there for good, well, so I never tried. Jane came by with the lock of your hair. She said that you gave it to her The night that you planned to go clear Sincerely El Cohen
sun is coming up. Or at least you can sense it so through the clouds. And uh, thanks for listening. And if you get in touch, keep encouraging me <laughs> to be creative. Uh, and I hope your days are filled with wonder.